This is Dave Hoffman. A sophisticated sedan, a sports car, Nissan Maxima. This is Dave Hoffman. Adolf Hitler was known for his opulence. A declassified U.S. military file from 1943 reports that at the height of the war, Hitler had a special plane bringing him asparagus and bonbons fresh daily from Paris. And this is Dave Hoffman. Better Call Saul. A new episode premieres Monday night at 9, only on AMC. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast today. And... Today, I, I'm, I've been looking forward to having this guest on for a long time. I have known of Dave Hoffman for a long time. My man crush on Dave goes way back to the early 2000s, actually, when I uh, first started hearing him and recognizing him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Middle Class VO Podcast, Dave Hoffman. Dave, how are you? Doing well, Kevin, Bobby. Thank you guys for having me. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about you me. You know what, Kevin? You have too many man crushes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a lot of man crushes in this industry. And the thing is, is Dave is across town. Uh, Dave, you're in you're in Green Hills? Actually, Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Which is, uh, you know, which is, I think they adopted the name so that it kind of had that Green Hills ring oh, to it. Yeah, so we're not too far from each other. I'm over in Goodlettsville on the other side of 65. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we're both north of town. Yeah. I'm just kind of northwest. You're kind of northeast or due north. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be yeah. in Green so Hills this weekend. Wow. Yeah, right? See? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole I, Nashville vibe going on. Um, exactly, man. Bobby's in Cincinnati, uh, Dave, just for so you know. And this is the Middle Class VO Podcast, Dave. And, and Bobby and I both come from radio. And I've been doing this about 16 years now, voiceover full-time. And Bobby's been doing it, what, five, six years now, Bobby? Mm-hmm. Yep, full-time. Buffer. And we both come from radio. And Dave, let's talk a little bit uh, about your history. Um, I know you've been doing this a long time. I know the whole story about your dad. Your dad was a, a legendary radio guy, and then he got into voiceover himself. And then he taught the craft to you. Is that right? Yep, that's that's it. I mean, we can close in prayer. That's the whole story <laughs> right there. <laughs> but no, yeah, my dad was a radio guy in the big you know, the big, wonderful days of radio when the big promotions and the, the DJs were local celebrities. And he ended up in Nashville. They moved a lot, I think, 23 times before they settled oh here. Gosh. And I was the only one of five kids born here, the youngest of five, born here in Nashville. He was one of the good guys on WKDA. It was a big thing. And he used his kids in his bits. And um, he had, and then he really wanted to get out of radio and got into, wanted, wanted to get in the music business and started running publishing companies and uh, you know, was a real pretty good songwriter and uh, music producer, but he always did voiceover, and that's really what paid the bills. And I always loved that. I hated the idea of the music industry. I could see that thing ebb and flow, and I always just thought, man, if I could just do what the old man does with the commercials. You know, when I was a little kid, and yeah, he got me going, probably five years old. I think when I was six, I earned more money doing voiceover than my parents did all together. Wow. You know, that year. But. You're kidding. What was your first commercial? Yeah, no, that's true. 
You know, I probably can't remember the first, but uh, uh, but but I know that year I had uh, there was a regional bank called Commerce Union Bank in the southeast, and it was I think headquartered out in Nashville. I know their ad agency was here, and um, so I had the whole campaign when they introduced the ATM, which that should tell you about wow. how old I am. But so I, I, you know, I was an on-camera thing, and I brought the wagon up to the machine, and they piled the cash into it, and then we did a shoot at Cheekwood, you know yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, yep. Cheekwood, that beautiful. So we had this big room, and this was the playhouse that my dad was able to borrow, borrow money from the bank to build me this practice room for my violin kind of thing. So, But yeah, they had billboards. It was a big campaign. So that and some Opryland stuff and Sunbeam Bread and uh, a host of things when I was a little kid. So, so you... That's amazing. Have you been working out of Nashville your whole career then? No, not at all. In fact, the last thing I really did here, I had an agent, so if the, the Nashville people will remember uh, Betty Clark, Betty and Jean Clark, Spotland, mm-hmm. uh, and Talent and Modeland. That was my agent. And the last thing I did here, they booked me for Coal Miner's Daughter. Wow. So you remember the movie with yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Loretta Lynn. Sissy Spacek about Loretta Lynn, right. And... Um, Sissy Spacek became Loretta Lynn, so that's why I say Tommy Lee Jones and Loretta Lynn. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so that was the last thing I booked, and I kind of hit that awkward stage and and no more bookings on camera. Did some radio commercials, but then I grew up and got another career, got married pretty young here, and in 91 moved out west. Ah. And so it wasn't until I moved out west that I thought, man, I got to earn some some more money. and tried and tried and tried to get a voiceover Zimmer put together and back then it was it wasn't easy to do that you know you just I was and I was searching through the yellow pages and found this thing called Las Vegas Jingles and it, it was owned by a guy named Mickey Leckage a Serbian guy and uh, it's a funny story I don't know how much time I don't want to you know oh, we got labor plenty it, of time for it yeah but bottom line you know he said the guy said come over and we put together a demo and it got actually out to studio center you know yeah. those people yeah right? yeah yeah they had opened an office in Vegas, and those guys signed me in, on the spot, and I worked. I think the I think I worked before I was signed with them, and I just started working. And by probably the year two thousand ninety nine, I was, you know, I was I was earning a pretty good living doing voiceovers. I was able to quit the other job that I had, which was in the commercial explosives business. <laughs> so, and I was always worried. You know, I had a bunch of kids, and I'm thinking I'm going to get blown up here one day. I'm sure of it. <laughs> So I was very thankful to get out of that business and into uh, into voiceover. So you went to, from one volatile career yeah, to another exactly. one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the paycheck's a little more steady in the explosives business, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. Your career, you know, goes so far back. You never did the, did the radio route at all. Tell us about some of the ups and downs that you've seen throughout your career, Dave. Yeah, you know, I... Uh, it is. I always say to people when they ask about voiceover, and of course, as you guys know, everybody wants to do it. Yeah. And um, I love to coach. I've always done that, uh, but I always do. I do it in a very uh, bohemian kind of a way. I usually, historically, I'll help one person a year, just you know, just out of the goodness of my dumb old heart. I did that for a long time, and I kind of had to stop doing that. So I monetize that. But I always tell people that it, it, it ebbs and flows, man. The business ebbs and flows. It's uh, if you think about it, you you've got people that have long time careers on screen that do a lot of great work, and you you recognize them, and then you hear the stories and their biographies that they're out of work for, for a long time, that nobody's hiring them, right? How much more for a non-recognizable, just run-of-the-mill union voice talent, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it, it really ebbs and flows. 
how do you manage that? Man, I don't, golly, I, I was hoping you guys could tell me, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whatever. You got the, you got the wisdom pool here, but it, it still is that way. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I could talk about the ebbs and flows of voiceover for a long time, but, um, you know, I think it's it's like anything you do, you commit yourself to it and you just try that your best to learn. We strap on. We've not had real good systems in place. I've earned a lot, a lot, a lot of money and no money, you know, and it's just riding those waves. And I tell you what, if you're getting into it, you should have somebody that really understands it well and a, a tax person that gets what you're doing. And, you know, did COVID so. affect you very much, Dave? It, it did because I had a, a fair amount of live uh, venue work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. some NASCAR speedway stuff and all that stuff went away. Any live event, anything that, that you do that you're promoting, it's a live event. You don't have that anymore. Sporting events, you know, that stuff really was drastically altered and we're still kind of suffering from that. So, um, that work is, you know, and for a while, uh, as you may know, and, and probably Kevin, you, you Maybe you ha- you didn't feel it as much, but automotive oh, yeah. initially was affected. Both of us, yeah. Yeah. You know, people weren't selling cars. They weren't going and buying cars or whatever for a minute. And so I had a fair amount of automotive that I was doing that, that just this kind of dried up. So, yeah, it, it did. It, it definitely impacted. But not not so much now. I think I'm, I'm, think I'm as busy as ever now. How about you guys? Oh, it's a crazy busy year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thankfully, all of that has picked back up. And there was a little bit of a dip in the automotive uh, world when, you know, because, well, one thing was because manufacturers weren't able to yeah. make cars. Mm-hmm. So that was part of that. But it, let me let me give some of your credits, by the way. You were the national yeah. voice of Nissan. And that, uh, that in your narration is uh, how I found you. Um, you had narrated something. I think it was one of the biography series. Um, and, you know, I, I'm always a, I'll pause and I want to check out who the narrator is when I'm, you know, I'm like, oh gosh, I love how this guy sounds and, oh, you know, man. try to, well, you know, I try to learn, you know, it's like a research and then I, Dave Hoffman and then, and then it wasn't until like two years ago that I found out you were here and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so t- tell me about, um, you were the national voice of Nissan for how long, uh, who did you get that gig through? Was it to agent management and how long did that last? Yeah, so Nissan came to me. It was it was a huge cattle call. I, I know at least for LA talent, you know, may, maybe both both coasts, but every major agency had, you know, it was a one of those things where don't tell anybody. We're getting, you know, we're we're doing the voice of, and this is going to be a long term gig. It's a big deal, and so you know, I, I almost didn't audition for it. I saved my original audition. I've I've got it somewhere. It's buried now, but. But I, oh, you know, I was in a hurry to get somewhere. I'm like, and they wanted like seven scripts and they wanted to had all this direct, you know how those are, yeah. right? All this direction because they, they were actually hiring a, an image voice, which they typically have a celebrity for while I had the account, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and I shared, I would tag his spot. Uh-huh. So that I want to get into that in a minute. It's kind of cool actually. But, uh, but anyway, I had it for three calendar years from March to, to March, you know, three solid years, but, um, but it was, uh, so, so it was, a, I almost didn't do the audition, did it. And it came down to two guys and then they wanted to direct it ISDN session, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a, a callback and, uh, went in and read and man, we hit it off and dude, it was, it was just a screaming thing for three years. I, I've got pictures of my, of my Telos Zephyr with like six hours on it, you know? Wow. And so it, it was really, really good, and I was so thankful for it. I got it through my agent, SBV, at the time in L.A., mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and then I worked with, 
with uh, with Shia Day and with Zimmerman, they, they, because it was such a huge account, they had to have two agencies. So they had the image side was done by Shia Day, and then the offers and events were done by Zimmerman. And so the offers and events, you know, they're you know you you get the tier three stuff. Yeah. And then the image stuff is super cool. So I really really love that. And then they told me halfway through the the account that. You know, hey, we were we've been negotiating for a for a celebrity voice. We had one before you came, and you know, you just been enjoying this for this. But we're gonna it's gonna go to somebody else. Just get ready. Well, they got Robert Downey Jr. and I think he negotiated like I don't know millions of dollars. <laughs> I think eight million dollars plus some Leafs plus some GTRs or whatever you know, <laughs> and just cra- and and only committing to I think it was four sessions a year or something. Wow. I'm probably not supposed to be saying this, but and they were like two hour sessions, you know, or, or less, but. And and good good on him, right? But yeah. But anyway, I it, the, my work increased because they kept having me tag his stuff, right? They, he would do the image stuff, and and then I would get to come in behind and 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 do the offer on the image spots. So it, it you know it was a great account, but it ruined me honestly because I let so much stuff go. And there's a word to the wise, you know, you get that big union job that's going to make all the difference, and then it, it can, it really can. But uh, but but man, I let everything go. You know, everything. And I, I had auto accounts that I'd had for years, big, you know, the biggest dealership in, in America for, you know, I won't say the brand, but, um, and I let all that stuff go. Cause I'm like, man, this is, this is never going to end. Just classic foolish thing to do. Wow. And it took, and it, it, it was a, it was a hard hit. Anyway, wow. I'm talking wow, a lot. Wow. Well, we've, let me, let me, uh, pick that apart a little bit more because you you said you lost all those automotive accounts and it, and that's what will happen when you pick up a national account like that you've got to drop all the local stuff and all the uh, competing brands right did you and then after that campaign of 3 years was over then did you kind of go back to your previous accounts and say hey I'm off Nissan National I can start doing stuff for you again man I didn't because I I'm I've you know I'm a I guess I'm a who moved my cheese guy. And I'm like, well, you know, the people that book me will, they'll, they'll kind of maybe make those calls. And they just didn't. I mean, we just suffered for a long time. You know, it's, it's taken, it's, it's, I always, we always talk about it and say that, you know, the worst, the best and worst thing that ever happened to us, my wife and I, we talk about that. It's, it's, you know, overall so good. You learn so much more and had, had money kept being poured into our program like it was, you know, like I wouldn't trade what we've learned in the years since then for 10 million in the bank is what I say all the time, because you just learned invaluable lessons. You think wrongly about this business, you know, and so you got to walk through something like that. That's get worthy. I love that you have that grounded thought. That's really cool. Um, some of our, um, a lot of our, our, our podcast listeners are, in the middle of their careers and, and looking for their first agents. And I noticed um, that you are represented by what, SBV and Abrams and Dean Panero. No, so I don't know why. Um, I love, by the way, love SBV. It was with him for, I think, 18 okay. years. And, um, and uh, Matt Wise was one of the agents there and left. And somehow or another, I found out about that, I had a conversation with Matt, and, and Matt had... Uh, done some really nice things for me and I just connected with them, you know, and, and uh, learned about Dean Pinero and really fell in love with kind of the way they're doing things. And I hated to leave. I, w- I wasn't, I wasn't upset with SBV. They're total pros are fantastic. And I'm not just, you know, you, you never say anything bad, but there's nothing bad to say. I love, I love those people. I love those ladies. They're like family to me, but uh, it just, it just seemed right. So I recently uh, 
switched over to Dean oh, Pinheiro. Okay. So, and I'm, yeah, really happy there. Oh, great. G- amazing, amazing guy. And Matt, I love so much, Matt Wise. Yeah, just, I was uh, wondering if you did have all three. It's like, how, do, how does no, that work? No. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think you're probably seeing, I, I made the adjustments on IMDb, but IMDb kept... Uh, it kept uh, SBV on there. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case. Uh, maybe th- they have to straighten that out. But I tried to. I tried to, to you know, to get it off there. But I, yeah, it does still show up like that. We're talking with voice actor Dave Hoffman. By the way, it's Dave Hoffman with one N. There are there is actually I'm I'm sure Dave you're aware of this, but there's another Dave Hoffman with two N's uh, at the end of his name. But we're talking with one N Dave, the original <laughs> one Dave, Dave Hoffman is what I'm going to say. <laughs> you thank need you a for saying the original Dave Hoffman <laughs> in Colorado, brother. I, no offense, but thank you for saying that. Kevin. I, I actually met with that Dave Hoffman one time. He came out to LA years ago, and a friend of mine, Chad Brandon, and I. Uh, took him to lunch in the Grove and just sat down. He was kind of just, you know, picking our brain about, you know, about the business and uh, great talent. I mean, he's got, and he's got a tremendous, a tremendous uh, customer base, client base. Uh, every now and then one will reach out to me and, you know, uh, of course I try to take the job and say, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. No, I, I don't do that. <laughs> I, always, I, I, I shuffle him back to him and the same thing happens sometimes. But yeah, he's a, he's a lovely guy. He's a, he's a very talented guy. He's a radio imaging guy, does some e-learning stuff. And I, I think he's expanding. He's probably got some, some promo stuff that he's doing now. I haven't looked in a while, but yeah. Anyway, there's a plug for the other Dave Hoffman. Yeah. So we're talking with one and Dave Hoffman. And and Dave, if you're okay with it, um, we, we do a feature called the Cold Read Challenge. And we'd love to get you to do that uh, here in just a couple of minutes, if you don't mind. Are you up for something like sure that? Thing. Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, I'll, you bet. All right. And also, uh, right now, though, I, we also do something else where we play a little game called Identify the Audio. And we did a little bit of a deep dive here, Dave. <laughs> and I'm going to play something for you and see, and it's 30 seconds. And okay. so, if you'll just indulge us for 30 seconds, and I'm going to see sure if thing. you can identify this. I don't think you know what you're doing! You need a parachute! That's a backpack! Oh, all right. Uh, 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 uh. Oh. Banjo and Kazooie have disconnected. Now working individually and as a team to tackle their biggest adventure yet, banjo Tui. Rated E for everyone. Just remember, bears still need a bird to fly. <laughs> Dave, do you do you recognize Man, that? That is a deep. Do- yes, I do recognize that. What was that weird Gen X announcer at the end of that thing? Though, <laughs> yeah, right. Good night. Where what is that, that from? The late nineties? Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I'd be mid to late nineties. Yeah, Banjo Tooie, Nintendo Spot. I I was just thinking about that the other day, but that's a blast from the past. Holy smokes! <laughs> yeah, you had to kind of let that. You had to let those phrases. You know. Uh, Banjo and Kanui have disconnected. Everything was ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the sound then, huh? Yeah, you just had to you had to do that after everything. But yeah. Well, you've got that in spades, man. I I would I would describe your uh I was describing your voice to somebody as like warm buttered toast. Warm buttered oh, toast. You definitely have that rasp that is so in need right now. Every audition, slight rasp, but not too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that's so sweet. That that's the second nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. You know, besides the man crush thing, at Dave. The top. What, so sweet. What What are some? Uh, can you think of any career changing moments? Uh, you know, something that somebody has shared with you, and you're like, ah, dang, and it really resonated, and you put it in practice, and you're like, wow, this is really effective. A penny for your thoughts. 
You know, I'm a broken, thank you for asking that. I'm a broken record on that. My dad, who was, I, I think, a great voiceover for his time and d- did a, a fair amount of national stuff, a lot of regional stuff. Uh, my dad years ago, and he was an old school guy, man. He was a guy that, you know, they, he, we talked about safeties one time and, and, and I said, yeah, and I gave him a safety. Just went in, it was like three takes. And what, what you gave him a safety? Why'd you do that? What, what do you mean, dad? I mean, what, did, I, I don't do that. What, did you, did you record it? Were you recording the first time? Then what do you need it for? Is it good? Okay, let's move on. You know, that was his deal. That was DJ Dan, man. But, uh, but anyway, so he gave me some advice uh, years ago, and he, he said, and this sounds so stupid and fundamental probably to so, to so many, but it was revolutionary for me. And he said, man, re- read your script over and over again. Uh, and he said, many times you go into a session and they're giving you the copies you're going in. You feel compelled to just, just start reading because you think that's the skill set. That's not the skill set. They want your best read, right? Take the time. So I, from that advice, develop, from that advice developed uh, what I call my didactic, my definition of voiceover. And I'm going to see if I can remember it. It is um, master the grammar and the syntax. Um, uh, know, know why to care, why to care, and how to mean it, or I giving think it all like lift, and then, life, and voice. And then it is, <laughs> yes, giving it all lift, life, and voice. So that's kind of the thing. And there's a lot, and I can unpack that probably for thirty minutes. You guys ready? No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> but, but you know, the, the bottom line is, yeah, the, the grammar and syntax. You know, I think many times an artist will go, and I know I did, and it, it was revolutionary for me because I would go, and I thought the skill was I can do this fast, and I've got a nice voice, don't I? So you, you know, you, you, you just go in and 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 do it, and man, I just had the worst sessions. But my dad was like, "You need to just go in and just get it, make just read it smoothly until you just muscle memory that thing, and then you can begin to do the artistry oh. on it." So the artistry doesn't oh. start until you until you master grammar and syntax, and not just English grammar and syntax, but also voiceover vernacular, voiceover grammar and syntax which is strange it's not ex- exactly english it's 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 sentences are constructed in the way they are because the lawyer said that they had to be or yeah. and plus the the buyer wants his you know the, he wants his message that that should take an hour to say he wants it in 30 you got to get it in 30 seconds so anyway it's a strange thing but yeah i would say review review i always say that and uh it's it's probably the most boring thing ever but that's it, it was revolutionary for me so i just take all the time i need you know relatively mm-hmm. crushing an audition how what's your go-to tip or trick to crush an audition well you know i I would tell you that, you know, how, how do you rate that? Because crushing an audition means you book it. <laughs> yeah, time. yeah, that's, yeah. But, and so we, none of us, I think, book as much as we want to, right? Of course. But, the, you know, the ones that I do book, I, I, I'm loving them. And I, sometimes it's just serendipity. It's like it just, like the specs fall into some, something that's in my toolkit that I just know I've got, you know, you just, right. Go in. I just booked a, an animation thing or a, a new series. Um, I don't. I probably won't be a regular on the series, but it's for one episode of a new series. It's a big series, nice. uh, an animated thing, and and it was just man. It was the two things that were in my wheelhouse, you know. Uh, but but I, I I say I would say that same thing. Spend time research. You know, I'm sure everybody's giving the same advice. But research uh, the company, know a little bit about them. What, what what is their? Try to get into their heads and their sensibilities and what that that stuff is out there now. We didn't used to oh, have yeah, that. YouTube right? is a gem, isn't so, it? Yeah, and and listen to what they've 
had in the past and did they like that and they lost the guy for some reason or the girl for some reason um and yeah just i think doing doing some research and then just really applying that same uh, that, that that same idea of becoming the expert on the topic for the moment and love it you know love it as much as you would anything while it's in front of you and that's just kind of how i'm wired anyway if you're right in front of me you're the most important person in the world the downside of that is when we're away from each other you know i may not follow up as well as as i as as you would have thought by by sitting in front of me that's a that's a weakness and likewise when you audition forget about it I mean, I forget people say, man, you know, I've got friends that say, I was praying about this audition that, you you know, and I said, I literally don't remember what it was uh, because you got to forget or you'll exactly. go crazy. You just yeah. literally, and I've trained myself to forget. I cannot tell you what I read this morning. I can't tell you. And that's the truth. I really don't know. Yeah, no need Excellent. to dwell on it either. Perfect, Dave. Well, um, we're not going to keep you much longer. We're going to get on to the cold read challenge. Uh, Dave, I, I just sent you an email and I see. Yeah, I got it. it here. I see it. Let me just jump right in. He was a man. She was a woman. <laughs> Together, they were a man and a woman. <laughs> Good try, though. He didn't have anything to lose. She worked in the lost and found. Together, they would never meet. Is that is that the one? No. <laughs> okay. It, it should be under the subject line: Cold Read Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 written by an old friend of mine, Scott Robertson. It's a variation of it. Anyway, that's excellent. I'm so, not seeing so, anything. Okay, so it, I'm sure yeah, I sent it to your davidlavoiceovers.com. Okay, let me see here. And um, okay, I just got it. Yeah, but I wish I would have used that as I reviewed it. You know, I wish I would have been able to. Re- you know, so I haven't got it as I sat and reviewed the script because you know I got to follow my advice. Yeah, well, there's no time to review this. This is the cold read challenge, and you basically just read the direction out loud to us, what I've given you, and then you dive into the VO. Uh, But this is a narration. Pretend like you're narrating a documentary. Cold read challenge. Okay, you got it. So, narration direction. Grounded, serious, matter of fact. I love that direction. (laughs) So here it goes. You've painted up your lips and rolled and curled your hair, your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? The shadows on the wall tell me the sun is going down. Oh, Ruby, don't take your love to town. (laughs) My first concert, Kenny Rogers. No No way. That's awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. I, I did that as an homage to your uh, backstory, the Kenny Rogers uh, narration documentary that you did. Oh, right on, right. Yeah. On. So, um, man, that's great. That's good stuff, Dave. Thanks, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, join us on the podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you guys so much. I love what you do and all the best to you guys. God bless you. Thanks, Thank Dave. you. And if uh, if you want to reach out to Dave, you can reach out to him through uh, Dean Panero or his uh, email is dave at lavoiceovers.com. Dave, thanks so much once again. That's Hoffman with one N. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks, Bobby. See you guys. All right. Take care, bud. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. 
Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast.